Hello, hello. Welcome to Yay for Growth. I'm your host, Savannah Zipak, and this is a podcast where we have really deep conversations. So get comfortable, take a deep breath, check in with yourself, and let's get started. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Have you asked yourself that today? I hope you have. Because when we can identify how we are, it empowers us. Because then we not only feel some sort of control, but we know how to proceed further, or at least we can start figuring out blah, 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 blah. <laughs> figuring out how to proceed further. <laughs> it is currently 3:53 in the morning. I am definitely thriving on my new night schedule. Um, but I definitely <laughs> am a little bit stumbly with my words, I guess, at this time of night. Uh, anyways, anyways, a uh, couple things to check in. So first off, uh, applications are closed until March 12th. So mark your calendar if you're waiting to apply to be on the podcast. And I will be opening them back up then. And if you haven't listened to the Galentine's Day episode with my friend Bree, I highly recommend that you do. It was such a fun chat about love, relationships, um, controversial topics. I mean, we talked about cheating and going on breaks and like all this stuff. She's just one of my very best friends and I enjoyed that conversation so much. And I got a response from a couple people who really seemed to get a lot out of it. So it was a good one. It was a good one. It was one of those that after recording, after we were done, I just, my heart felt so full. When recording it, it was just so easy. She made it so easy. Uh, my friend Bree is just naturally very charming. So definitely give it a listen if you haven't already. And you want to hear a chat about love and relationships. <laughs> um, as another little update, I am, I'm feeling okay in this very moment. But the past 48 hours, I'd say, has been a lot for me, anxiety-wise. I was in sensory overload for almost an entire day. Usually it's only like specific moments that I feel it. And oftentimes when that happens, I end up feeling bad because I'm I'm irritable when people are around and I don't mean to be and I am just not myself, you know? And that's how it even is with just anxiety in general or other mental illness. You're just not yourself when it flares up. But sensory overload for me can be a really scary thing because it's like every sound is the loudest sound in the world. And every time someone walks by me and I feel the vibrations in my chair from them walking, you know, it's just it's all those things that make me want to crawl out of my skin and like rip my hair out. And it's that bad. But <laughs> I'm starting to finally feel a little bit more grounded and calm. And there are a few things that typically help me when I'm like that. And a lot of it is just grounding sensation techniques. So whether it be meditation, you know, connecting with my breath and really visualizing myself in a calm space, um, whether it be like cold cold things. So I take a cold shower 
to shock my nervous system or I drink, I have ice cold water right next to me now. Um, I squeeze a stress ball. That helps me a lot. I used to bring one to my old job and kind of just use that as needed. But yeah, a lot of grounding techniques help me for sure. And just know if you ever experience sensory, blah, 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 I really can't talk. <laughs> sensory overload, I'm with you on that. Uh, sometimes it just gets to the point where I feel, I just feel so disconnected from myself. It's like weird. You feel so connected to yourself because like you can sense every little thing. But then I feel so disconnected from myself because I'm not grounded. I'm not, I'm not being me. I'm not, I'm reacting. I'm not responding to things, right? It's like so obsessively, I just think about being in the quietest moment and space possible. Um, and that's just how it is. Plenty of people who have anxiety experience sensory overload, as well as people who have sensory disorders and things like that, and kids with autism, all kinds of stuff. Um, so I know I'm not alone, especially because I've talked to friends about this who experience it as well. And I'm just glad the waves passed. And really what helped me get out of it was reminding myself this is temporary. I've been through this before. I also understand why my body is heightened right now. You know, my body, I experienced stimulus from going through a lot of transition and change in my schedule over the past month. And my body is really just heightened because it's trying to protect me and make sure I'm okay. And I don't know about you, but for me, when I understand the rationality behind my anxiety, it makes it a lot easier to deal with because I can look at it as a person and be like, oh, that makes sense. I mean, my anxiety technically isn't a person, but sometimes it feels like a whole nother person inside of me that isn't myself. And so when I can rationalize with it like that and validate it like that and understand where it's coming from, I feel so much better. And it's weird. It's like that with people too. When we validate people and try to empathize with them and look at their side of things, we end up feeling calmer. Because it's almost like you don't take it so personal. And that's kind of how it is with my anxiety. Like, I don't take it as there's something wrong with me when I validate it and understand it and take the time to really ration with it. Like, not ration. Is that the word I'm looking for? Probably, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to move on. I'll think about it, though. Probably will come to me later in the podcast. <laughs> anyways, anyways. But, like, it definitely makes it a lot easier once I look at it like that, for sure. Because I don't... I realize it's just not something wrong with me. It's, like, a natural, scientific, biological, chemical response that's just trying to protect me. And I know it will calm down once things are not changing so much. So, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, but it, it sucks because other than the sensory overload, like I've just had a lot of nausea the past few days. Like I've just woken up with my heart racing, shaking, sweating, like nausea. And thank God for journaling because that is my number one grounding technique because it helps me find clarity. It gets the thoughts out. So it gets like the energy out. So in a way it like exhausts me a little bit so that I'm not so in my anxiety, um, which is good if I can't like work out or be active, which 
we've had snowstorms for like the past like two weeks so i haven't really been outside or walking as much as normal i mean my job is pretty laborious which i love but you know most of these feelings i of anxiety and stuff come up when i'm at home because you know that's when you're not busy you're not doing anything and it just rears its head and you're just like oh okay hi it's you again cool cool (laughs) anyways 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 today we have a very um fun chat about a topic that i am obsessed with lately it's something i discussed with my friends for the past like i don't know a few years like i've discussed this with close friends um even like about 10 years ago with one of my friends in high school like we talked about it it's platonic intimacy But the thing is, I never knew there was, like, a word for it. And I recently started seeing a lot of posts go around about it. And I was like, oh, my God. And was just, like, reading and educating people. And then people were responding to me on Instagram, like, can you, like, explain this to me and clarify this and this and that? Like, what is platonic intimacy? And I just think it's so cool that people are so interested in this topic because it's something I feel so passionately about. Um, So that's kind of the chat we're going to get into and I'm really excited. So I think now is a good time if you want to grab a drink, if you want to relax, if you want to just find yourself a nice space because this is going to be a pretty engaging talk, I think. I'm very educational. So whatever you got to do to get ready and let's get started. Okay, so platonic intimacy what is it why is it going around um what are some pros and cons like when can we have it like what the fuck is the deal (laughs) i'm gonna explain it to you so platonic intimacy is really defined as the act of making yourself mentally emotionally and physically vulnerable to your friends so oftentimes it's referred to as valuing and prioritizing your platonic relationships to the level that's typically ascribed to romantic relationships. So this requires both like commitment and direct uh, and direct communication, which is not an original idea. I've gathered all this information from like multiple articles online um, and things like that, um, other resources I've seen. So I'm not claiming all of this as my definition. I'm not claiming it as my information. It's just information I've gathered and I am teaching to you. So, anyways, um, since platonic intimacy, again, uh, it's pretty much making yourself mentally, emotionally, and physical, physically vulnerable to your friends, right? So when we say mentally vulnerable... We mean sharing your thoughts with friends without fear of being judged and listening to their thoughts without judging them. And emotionally vulnerable, that's sharing your emotions with your friends, sharing when you're not okay, sharing when you're beaming with love or excitement, and really just making time for our friends to share their emotion with us and just like holding that space, you know? And physically vulnerable, obviously, can be being actually available to spend time together. Or it can be like the physical intimacy of actually hugging your friends, kissing them on the cheek, holding their hands, maybe even cuddling them if you both want to. And that's like okay for your relationship and your boundaries. You know what I mean? Um, I definitely 
have a lot to say about all of this. So I'm really excited. I'm just like kind of frazzled because I'm like, I don't know where to start, even though I have it all scripted out because there's just so much I want to say. Um, but in terms of like being mentally vulnerable, sharing your thoughts with your friends um, without fear of being judged and listening to theirs without judging, right? So what this is really saying is that oftentimes in friendships, we hold back being our authentic selves and being vulnerable in so many ways because we're afraid of what people are going to think of us. We're afraid that if we share like our perspectives and the way we really feel about something, people are going to pull back and people aren't going to accept that. And this is just really saying like the normal or not normal, the level of intimacy that you normally hold space for for a romantic relationship that vulnerability like we tend to think our romantic partners have to be everything for us we think they have to be the person we have the deep conversations with we do everything with we share our thoughts with everything like that but it's like why can't our other relationships be like that too why do friendships have they don't have to be surface level they can be deeper they can be more vulnerable and so that's kind of like what we're going to get into so of course, all this is to say, don't force it. Like, don't feel like being open and available to everyone. Don't violate or betray your boundaries and the boundaries of the people in your life. If you don't want to share certain things, like, that's okay. If you don't feel comfortable hugging all the time, that's okay. Maybe you're just not an affectionate person. Platonic intimacy should not be forced. It should be natural, and boundaries do still exist where it is concerned while knowing your limits, right? So, platonic intimacy isn't for every relationship. It's also important to note that you need to be able to discern, you know, like I just said, which relationship it is appropriate to be more platonically, platonically intimate than others. Um, because oftentimes intimacy does lead to greater feelings, right? So you may just be someone that you're, you're only affectionate with your romantic partner and only like to reserve it for them. And that's okay too. If you know your personality type does not vibe with like platonic intimacy in the physical sense, that's okay. But it can still apply in like the mental sense and somewhat emotional sense. Obviously, again, you probably know yourself pretty well and know your boundaries pretty well. Like, to what level you can share parts of yourself and with a person and not start to develop or start to develop feelings, right? Um, so that's really, really important. But just remember that the reason it's starting to become a topic of conversation is that for that very reason, like we are all conditioned that way to think that we can't be vulnerable and intimate with anyone but our romantic partner. And I think it makes us suffer. To think of intimacy as something you share only with a romantic partner is so, so, so archaic, I think, and it's so restrictive, but you can't fault anyone for feeling that way because it's just how we've been taught. But let's face it, right? Like our romantic partners, like I said, cannot be everything for us. They can't be everything we need. And human connection does not get created when we hold parts of ourselves back. Therefore, practicing this vulnerability and intimacy within your platonic relationships, this could be your close friends and your family, it can be extremely rewarding and comforting. You know, intimacy is not just physical. 
it can also be as simple or um, difficult for some as discussing your love language within your platonic relationships, like knowing how to better serve and love one another and therefore connect. So for example, you might both like physical touch and therefore hold hands or kiss each other on the cheek when and when I say both I mean like you and your friend um or it could be gift giving so maybe you Venmo your friend's coffee money every now and then or purposely turning on the red receipts to hold one another accountable for responding to your messages things like that and I think for me it all comes back to attachment versus connection when I feel connected with someone I oftentimes want to be more affectionate with them physically. I mean, that's just me personally, even platonically speaking. And I know I'm not the only one who's like this. Like, I take comfort in knowing that when I see one of my best friends, Liz, like, we cuddle on the couch because we miss each other so much. Or my friend Kyle, we tend to just give each other the longest hugs in the world. Like, I take comfort in knowing that I can have deep conversations about my emotions and my thoughts with certain friends that just leaves me feeling so many things like warmth, curiosity about the world, a love for life, and excitement, I will feel understood and less alone. And that is intimacy as well, because we are exposing ourselves in our most raw and authentic form. And this is important. This is so important because by doing this, by being authentic and openly vulnerable, we drive away the people who aren't willing to meet us where we're at. And that isn't to put them down, but it's to say that it'll simply attract what's in alignment with our values and show the universe that we do respect ourselves. Platonic intimacy, in my opinion, is a form of self-respect. And as I always say, when we show the universe that we respect ourselves, that puts us into a higher vibration and frequency that's in alignment with what we want out of life. And you will be given opportunities and attract things that are in alignment with that. They will come your way. I also believe that we have many platonic soulmates in our lifetime or from past lifetimes that we reconnect with in present day. Like It's extremely important to invest in these connections when they come up and when you feel them because again, romantic relationships can't be our everything. And why have surface level friendships? Like I just will never understand that anymore. I had so many surface level friendships in college and didn't even realize it, but it wasn't until like I left and I moved and I was still communicating with these people and just trying to be vulnerable and connect on a deeper level and like they just kept rejecting it, you know, and it just made me realize like this isn't for me and I need to stop holding on to something that's not going to be deeper you know, because I want those deep connections. So why have surface level friendships? Let's be honest with each other, vulnerable with each other, and connect. Like, I honestly think that's what life is all about. Survival and human connection. Life would be so much more simple, I think, if people could just get their heads out of their ass and realize that. Like, stop trying to make things so complicated. platonic intimacy it's also about showing up being consistent in your commitment to your friendships and a reliable friend 
making sure that you're both on the same page with how much you need from one another and in what ways. Knowing how to support your friends better. So some examples of this could be knowing if your friends care a lot about you remembering their birthdays or other important dates and victories. If I know my friend has a job interview on a certain day, like I'll be sure to send them a text saying good luck and ask how it went if I know that that's something that would make them happy. It's the little things and like learning what matters to everyone, which does take time and effort, but that's the whole point of platonic intimacy is like, okay, so we're not just going to invest in our romantic partner. We're going to invest in our other relationships the same way. We're going to recognize how do these other people in my life love to be loved? How do they connect with me mentally, physically? emotionally spiritually you know and personally I feel like this naturally happened for me with most of my friends but there are other more recent friendships where I've had to ask myself like does this feel like a surface level thing or not do I want this to be platonically intimate or no do I feel connected with this person or no (laughs) and so on like you have to ask yourself these questions right these are important to ask I I only want relationships in my life that continue to nourish me and help me grow and make me feel like I'm making a difference in contributing to this world. And maybe that's the Virgo in me. I do like to be of service. But overall, when we practice platonic intimacy with the right people, it can make us a better person. Which leads to my next point. Like, obviously, we cannot invest and invest without anything in return. We cannot bleed Blee. <laughs> what the fuck? What does blee mean? We cannot be platonically intimate with everyone. If you're finding that you're trying to be more, um, you know, platonically intimate with a friend who doesn't reciprocate, that can certainly become exhausting. I've been there, done that like multiple times. Part of platonic intimacy is again knowing which relationships this is appropriate for and which it is not, which ones are worth your extra mental, physical, and emotional effort in which you're not. Like, who is meeting you where you're at? And even spiritual, because I know that I connect with some of my friends on a deeper spiritual level. But yeah, I mean, it goes back to my previous point of when we do this, we drive people away that aren't in alignment with our authentic selves. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing, you know? There's just so much to say about this. And I think it really just comes down to knowing yourself, knowing who you are, and realizing that through being vulnerable in your connections with your platonic relationships, like, you can learn more about yourself. It should help you grow. It should help you feel loved. It should help you feel connected. That's what those relationships do for me, you know? And I've seen for other people in my life who practice platonic intimacy within their friendships. Like, you don't always need to hold yourself back. If you find you're in relationships, friendships, whatever, where you're holding yourself, parts of yourself back, where you can't say your truth, you can't speak your thoughts and open up about your feelings and things like that without judgment without reservation from the other person you know 
then you really have to second guess those the sustainability of those friendships. I think when you're younger to a certain point, it's like normal, natural, and okay to have the surface level friendships because when you're younger, it's all, you know, you just, you go out, you do things, you have fun, whatever. But as you start to get older, it's like everyone's time becomes so precious and valuable and everyone's energy as well. So why, why have anything that's going to zap that? Why have anything that's going to, you know, that's not going to honor your energy and not going to honor your self-respect? Self-respect is making sure you have good relationships in your life. Self-respect is making sure that you're making time to connect with people who want to connect with you too. And it takes time to weed that, that, (laughs) I really can't talk, um, it takes time to weed out those people for sure, for sure. And you'll find that you continually in your life, you meet people, you think it's going to be one thing and then it's another. And that's okay. I mean, it's natural. It happens, right? So you can't beat yourself up. You can't fault other people for it. I think you just need to accept that like everyone's in different places and that's okay. But just Make sure you're not having one-sided relationships. Make sure you're opening yourself up with the people that you keep close. And you're not making your romantic relationship your everything. You know? And to be honest, like, I'd have to say that at this time in my life, I'm way more intimate with my friends, my platonic relationships, and way more vulnerable than I have been in a romantic relationship in probably the past year, you know? And that might be a bad thing, might not be a good thing, I don't know. But I think by practicing that intimacy within my friendships, by having friendships where I can have those deeper conversations or, you know, just be open about how I'm feeling and hold space for them and how they're feeling, like. Through that whole process that is platonic intimacy. It's a practice, really. It's like a practice. It's just like authenticity where it's it's not you have it or you don't. It's you practice it or you don't. Through practicing platonic intimacy, I think, it teaches me a lot about myself. And that's why, you know, again, it might be for you, it might not. But I do think that everyone should consider taking time to evaluate their friendships and what they mean to them, and what they teach them, what they offer them, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I could go on forever. I could talk in circles about this. I think I got to most of the points that I wanted to get at, but just know that it can be really rewarding when you open yourself up, when you're connected with people, not attached to them, not attached to kind of like how I talked about this in my previous interview with Brie, like, you know, Sometimes we start to get attached to people and it's for the surface level part of it and the wrong things. It's for how frequently we want to see them or whatever. Um, How frequently we do things and just all these things that don't actually matter. And it's like, no, how about instead of all of that, we just connect with people and we don't hold everything to an expectation and standard in our mind of what it should be and instead just be ourselves. And let the universe bring things that are in alignment with that. And that's all platonic intimacy 
means to me. Like, that's what the practice of it is. So, bada bing, bada boom. (laughs) I really don't think there's much more to say about that. So, that's pretty much going to conclude our chat for today. If you want to follow the podcast, it's on uh, Instagram at yayforgrowthpod. And my mental health community is the.sacredspace on Instagram. And I hope you have a lovely day, whatever it is, wherever you are. I will talk to you all later. Bye-bye. And remember, vulnerability is always available for you to access inside of yourself. You cannot control whether or not others practice this, but you can control whether or not you practice authenticity. And the universe will send things in alignment with that. Namaste. Thank you.